You're listening to Kayama Community Radio. Hi, and welcome to Kayama Community Radio. I'm Helen Lear, and I'll be your host for today's episode. I'll be chatting with Kayama-born singer-songwriter Joe Mongovan, and presenter Fred Hollis will be back with this week's cryptic Kayama clues. First up, Joe Mongovan's style of indie, folk and pop has become known for its articulate lyrics, catchy melodies and emotive rhythm. He's written three EPs and spent last year touring Europe, gaining attention for his tracks from both Triple J and Triple J Unearthed. He shared stages with the likes of The Preachers, Cosmo Jarvis, Paul Dempsey and Lime Cordial and has performed at a variety of festivals, including Vivid Sydney, Viva Lagong Illawarra Folk Festival, and our very own Kayama Jazz and Blues. First up, let's have a listen to one of his earlier tracks from his 2016 EP, Way Down South. This is Again. Started out early on a Friday night Me and Jim were drinking in the car outside In the parking lot next to where we were playing that night The wind was pretty chilly but I didn't mind Everyone would come out just to show what they got Where the atmosphere is stale and the drinks cost a lot But hey, no one cares cause it is almost 8 o'clock And it's not so appetizing but I'll give it a shot What am I doing to myself again? To myself again What am I doing to myself again? To myself Of you around here, I said, I don't really care for that kiss. I don't really care for that. No, no, it's almost 3 a.m. up on the corner of my street. My bottle's almost empty, and everyone's asleep. But I know that I'm going, know that I'm going that way. So I say, What am I doing to myself again? To myself again? What am I doing to myself again? To myself again? Well, I 
I'm Helen Lear, and today I'm chatting with Kaima-born singer-songwriter Joe Mungavan. Hi, Joe. Hello. Thanks for joining us. How has this year been for you so far? Well, yeah, it's been interesting. It's been kind of nice, actually, though, just being able to uh, stay in the same place. I was supposed to be touring Europe again this year, and COVID hit sort of just before that tour took off, so probably a good thing that I was still in Australia, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't actually get over there. But yeah, it's sort of been nice to just stay in the same place, being able to focus on writing and different aspects of what I love to do more than usual because obviously when you're travelling it's hard to find time to be able to do those things. So mm. yeah, it's it's been nice to just wake up in the same bed most mornings and you know, like yeah. not, not in a different place all the time and yeah, it's, it's actually been good. There's obviously different areas of it that are a bit terrifying as in looking forward and what the environment's going to be like and the culture of the music industry and Mm. that sort of stuff. It's a whole new world now, isn't it? So for those who don't know and haven't heard your music before, tell us a bit about you and how you got into the industry. Well, I'm from Kaima. I went to Kaima Primary School. And uh, there was a teacher there, Cole Bergen, who was running the school band at the time. And there was another local musician, Lee Holman. And Lee taught me how to play the drums. And then um, I started in the school band with with Cole. And um, then, yeah, just fell in love with playing drums. And did that for years. And then um, when I hit high school I uh, skated down um, a hill in Kaima, a big one and uh, I had a really bad accident and um, I ended up in a wheelchair for like three months yeah I, I, I broke both of my legs so I, I couldn't actually play drums but I taught myself how to play guitar and then and then I started writing songs and then it just all sort of went from there I, pl- I played in various bands and all of that through high school and um yeah, that's sort of how I got into the into the industry, just through the love of playing, and then um, 
there were a few different things throughout school that really helped me along the way um, with just meeting people and yeah, a few different programs and stuff like that. And so you write all of your own songs, is that right? Yeah. That's it, yeah. And how do you start that process? Is it an idea or a piece of music or a melody or where do you even begin? <laughs> oh yeah, well it's um, it can it can be anything really for me. It you, it's usually a, a chord progression or something mm-hmm. on on the guitar. But sometimes it can be a beat or it can be a sound or it can be a lyric idea. I sort of just carry my phone around everywhere I go and I just you know. Got, you got voice memos, you got your notes, you can just, you've always got a device to be able to record your ideas into when they come to you. Because that's the thing I find a lot is that they come and go pretty quickly. So if you can capture the idea in that moment, then you've got it, you can work on it later. And have you found, with everything that's happening at the moment, you mentioned obviously not touring and not going overseas, have you found you've had a lot more time to sort of reflect and write things or explore new music styles or... Yeah, I've just been writing and, and recording and just really focusing in on, on my producing skills and writing skills. It's been interesting doing a few co-writes over Zoom and that sort of stuff and trying mm. to navigate things that way. But I think the music industry is always changing and if you can't adapt to the change, then you're going to just you know fall behind. And I think that keeps it exciting as well creatively. I'm not saying it was super exciting writing over Zoom, but just pushing the boundaries of what what we can do. And you've just released a new single, You and Me, this week. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I just released it yesterday, even though we're probably not listening to this. <laughs> yesterday was the, oh, I think it was the 17th, 17th of September. That's it, yeah. yeah. I just, I've been sitting on this song for so long. I, I first started writing it back in... 2017 I think it was it's been in the works for a while I just couldn't quite get it right yeah finally I just found the right groove for it found where it all sat together nicely and now it's out and do you find you quite often do that like you'll write something a few years ago and sort of come back to it and add to it or do you quite often sort of just write something and you you know that's awesome great put it out as soon as possible or yeah, it's not it's not really a, a, a one size fit all with that sort of mm. thing. Like sometimes it'll be like that. Like this is probably the longest that I've sat on a, like an idea for. That's for sure. But I think it all comes from somewhere, and I, I write a lot, so you do find parts of other songs finding their way into newer songs that you maybe haven't released before, or something like that. So. It's not just, as I say, a one-size-fits-all thing. Like, it's just maybe sometimes that'll happen or sometimes you'll just come up with something fresh straight off the bat and and roll with that. And you're launching the single next month, fingers crossed all being well, at um, La La La's in Wollongong on the 3rd of October. Must be very exciting to be able to get out and play live music to an actual real-life audience again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's been a while, so I think it'll be good to connect with people it's what we need at the moment so and do you know how the show's going to run have you any idea sort of um, I'm assuming it'll be sort of limited capacity and people have to sit down or? yeah at the moment it's it's limited capacity um, it's going to be a very intimate show not intimate as in close together but limited <laughs> intimate socially in distance intimate <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah we're, we're sort of just at the moment just trying to figure out what it is we can do 
You've also announced that you'll be playing at Torchfest at the Factory Theatre in Sydney in January. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so Torchfest, um, it's, it's the first of its kind. It's a music festival um, that's focused around mental health and uh, there's going to be a lot of different people speaking and different sort of events that you can go to. And yeah, they've postponed it to January next year, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, because they've had a few events at the Factory Theatre, just sort of much smaller, again, seated shows, so yeah, does I seem mean, to be possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but it's impossible to sort of figure out what's going to be happening in January. It yeah. seems like such a long way away. Yeah. And any plans to play Kaima anytime soon? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, um... Maybe see what's going on with the festival next year or if mm. they're going to run that or... It's a bit of a tricky one, but I love being in Kaima and just have a strong connection to the area. So, mm. I mean, if something pops up, for sure. And do you think it's important to have more live music in the local community to sort of bring everyone together? And Yeah, definitely. I think music's a pretty powerful thing, as most of us know, and it definitely has a place in this community. So many talented artists around here and I definitely think it's something that people can look forward to and something where people can connect with each other. So during lockdown you re-released an amazing cover of MGMT's Electric Feel, which I hear you wrote a long time ago but decided to re-release it to give us all something something new to listen to for the people that hadn't heard it before. How do you find playing a cover compared to your own stuff and what's the response been to covering such an epic song yeah um, I, I recorded that one it was like the, I think it was the first thing I ever released on, on the okay. internet before streaming services were a thing so mm. I, I got a really positive response to that cover and I was getting a lot of people that were asking me to make it available on the streaming services and um, I felt like it was a good time to release a song that everyone feels comfortable with everyone already knows it it's a very relaxing sonic piece of music because I I feel like maybe sometimes even with this new single I was very hesitant to release anything because I just felt like at at this time people are definitely going back to the things that they feel comfortable with because there's no actual structure and there's no um, guarantee for anything so I think Mm people musically have been listening to the albums that they loved have loved for years and mm. maybe too much new art is going to be a little bit overwhelming so if people want to hear any of your stuff they can find you on spotify apple music yeah pretty much usual. anywhere you yep. listen to music you can find my stuff and if people want to see any gigs you've got coming up can they find that through your website through my website yeah and um, we'll pop a link up to that yeah. the interview as well and so what's the next year, big question I know, but what's the next year going to look like for you? Can we expect any more new music? Or? Yeah, there'll be new music, definitely, from myself. And uh, I also have another project with my mate Jim, called El Grande. We've got stuff coming out, and uh, I'll have more solo stuff coming out, and hopefully some new exciting things as well. And this is a question I ask everybody, what's your favourite thing about Kaima, about the Kaima area? I love being by the ocean. I think that's my favourite thing. I love coming back here after being away for a while. You know, you come down the highway around that bend of Bombo and you've just got that beautiful view of the, uh, of the harbour. 
and Bombo Beach there, and I think it's yeah, it's just really comforting, and it's a good part of the world. Yeah, (laughs) Joe, thank you so much for coming to chat to Kaima Community Radio today. All the best for the new single, and we'll um, close out with it now. This is you and me. Enjoy.
KCR, KiamaCommunityRadio.org. For the community, by the community. Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Cryptic Kiama Clues. Fred Hollis again for the quiz show where we ask three questions about the Kiama local government area, its history, geography, and people of interest. The questions and correct answers to the last quiz are as follows. Question 1. Who is the famous rugby league player associated with Gerringong? The answer is Michael Cronin or Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin was born in Kiama in 1951 and was a goal-kicking centre for Australia, New South Wales and the Parramatta Eels. He played in 22 tests and 11 World Cup matches between 1973 and 1982. He played for New South Wales against Queensland 27 times and retired as the game's all-time highest point scorer. He has since been named one of the finest footballers of the 20th century. Mick Cronin's first grade career began in 1969 for Gerringong and ended when he won the 1986 grand final where he kicked both goals in the Eels' 4-2 victory over Canterbury-Bankstown. Unfortunately, as a Canterbury supporter, I can remember that game all too clearly. Question 2. In the words of the local Darawal people, the name for this community means plenty of fish. What is that community? Well, the answer is Minamara. Question 3. And this is a bit of a trick question. What was the name of the railway station that was once located under the Omega Bridge just north of Gerringong? Well, the answer is the Omega Railway Station. The background of this is the first land grant around Gerringong was made in 1825, when 1,280 acres called the Omega Retreat on the southern slopes of Mount Pleasant was granted. The Omega Railway Station was built when the railway line opened in 1893 and the unmanned station closed in the mid-1980s. And the winner of the fourth quiz, and a place in the record books, is... Julie Amor. Julie will receive a winner certificate beautifully crafted in an A4 formatted Word document that can be easily downloaded. Of course, she might like to frame it and keep it as a permanent record. Congratulations again to Julie Amor. So to the next three questions. Question 1. In pioneering days, what was the area between the now disused Dunmore train crossing in the north to Minamara train station in the south called? Question 2. How did Rangoon Island get its name? Question 3. What famous novelist and 1960s newspaper columnist was born in Kiama in 1923. As a further clue, she was inducted into the Australian Media Hall of Fame in 2018. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to answer those three questions. If you know the answers, you should email kcradiocontent at gmail.com. Remember to leave your name and suburb so we can give you a shout-out and send you a certificate recording your achievement. The first neatest correct entry that answers all three questions will be announced in the next podcast. See you next time, and remember, as Winston Churchill said, 
I am easily satisfied by the very best. Thanks, Fred. If you have a story or news tip to share or would like to enter this week's quiz, please email us at kcradiocontent at gmail.com. You can also visit us at kayamacommunityradio.org or say hi and give us a follow on Facebook. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening and take care. You've been listening to Kayama Community Radio.